ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This month, we are back, and to join me is none other than Mr. Coach Hulk himself, the one and only, the fan of the Bears, the Monsters of the Midway are poised to go all the way, Mr. Momohoney. What's up, man? Not much, brother. How you feeling? Uh, okay. I got a little bit of a VR sickness thing going on right now, but I'm okay. <laughs> um, I, I played a little bit of PSVR uh, probably about a couple hours ago. Played for maybe 30 minutes, maybe 35 or, or so. I played like the Spider-Man VR demo, um, the Call of Duty space demo, and then the uh, X-Wing mission in Battlefront, the original Battlefront game. That was um, really fun. And like I had to stop halfway through the Battlefront mission because I was getting like hot and sweaty and just like stomach was starting to turn. <laughs> and so, yeah. but I was determined to finish it. So I went back in, finished it, took it off, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> so uh, I got to kind of build up the sea legs a little bit. Um, but it's one of those weird things. It's like I'm just sitting here, I'm getting hot and sweaty, like just. It's so weird, you know? It's like, why do I feel this sensation? I feel like I should feel like some inertia on my body, and I don't. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, but, yeah. What, what's what's your take on VR? Um, so, again, I think it's all dependent on the game. Um, so I played about an hour and a half of uh, Borderlands VR yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a friend over. He was over for the holiday, and, and he watched. He was like, can I try? And I'm like... Uh, yeah, you can try. And I was like, but let's let's limit you to about ten minutes. He's like, no way, man. I'm I'm gonna go at least like thirty. I'm like, uh, are you sure? So he went in there, he put it on, and when about the 10, 15 minute mark, he was like, I gotta stop. I'm getting like you said, hot and sweaty. I feel mm-hmm. nauseous. He he thought he was gonna throw up. And so we got into a talk about it. And I've actually talked on Twitter a couple times about it. The only ones that make me sick are like super hot. Um, and the beat game, like those two, uh, beat saber, those two get me like, they mm-hmm. just... PSVR, E Valkyrie, uh, Farpoint, none of the, I can play those for an hour, hour and a half. No issue. Um, I went through and did the Tetris effect mm-hmm. again, about an hour, no issue. My wife, same way, except for job similar, made her completely sick. So I just think it's everyone's a little different, and I think it's just your the way your your body set up is going to kind of determine it. My rule of thumb is your first time keep it to ten minutes um, because eventually you get really used to it. Like when I demoed, or actually I think we did a review, there was a, a billiards game, a barroom game for the VR. I went in there and tried to just jump into like an hour straight. Got very sick. Like, wasn't that good? But if you limit yourself to 10 minutes, so you get a taste, you come back the next day and do a little bit longer, your body kind of balances itself out and it feels a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. So I just say, just kind of take your time with it. Don't don't rush in. You know, be real, real, real cautious about it. Cautious. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so tonight was my second time uh, doing the PSVR thing. Um, the first night I did a couple demos too, but everything was installing, so it was just like demo disc type stuff. Uh, tonight was the first time I actually tried something that was more substantial. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, I'm not giving up on it, you know, just yet. But it's one of those things for sure where it's like don't dive into it thinking you're going to be playing a 40-hour game like off the bat. Uh, it's definitely not not like that. So when you play, do you sit and play or do you normally stand and play? 
Um, the game I play the most is Creed, and I stand um, just because the way I set the camera up for me. Um, I love the multiplayer in Creed. I jump in there, and and it takes a while to find matches. Um, but when I get a chance to, I go nuts. Mm-hmm. I love it. I get a good workout. I'm in there. You know, I'm sweating, but not because I'm sick. I'm sweating because like I'm working out and I'm throwing. Oh, dude, you're gonna love it. It's it's for me in my personal opinion. It is the it is the best game on the VR. And the, the the one I enjoyed the second most is actually Moss. I just love Moss. Really, really fun view, and it made you feel like you were in the world in a different way. And I really like that one too. Yeah. So, give yeah. those two a shot. So I didn't get Moss, but I got Astrobot because um, I heard a lot of good things about that. So Moss is probably the only game that I'm kind of interested in that I didn't get. Um, but I got so I got the bundle that had Super Hot and the Creed game, um, and then I also picked up. Uh, a couple on digital, keep talking and nobody explodes, and um, another one I think was a space game. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But I also got, like I said, Astrobot, Tetris Effect, uh, and then a uh, PlayStation VR Worlds. So, those should yeah, be I really liked VR Worlds is really, really good. There's a bunch of fun stuff on there to play. Yeah. Like, really just good experiences, yeah. So that's cool. But anyway, we're not here to talk about video games. There's a whole other uh, podcast that we're a part of for that. Uh, however, we are here to talk about movies. And tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, we're going to be talking about Aquaman, the latest in the DCEU movies. Uh, so what we like to start out talking about is just kind of what your experience was at the theater. So when you saw this, Mo. Uh, what theater kind of did you go to? Did you see 2D, 3D, IMAX? Uh, how are the people in there? Give me, give me a story. Um, so I got to see an IMAX twice already. Um, so I, I go in, uh, you had just tweeted out your picture and I was just leaving. I got to go into the early show at five. Um, really, really had a good time. Um, it was one of those because we got out of school. Um, we didn't have school that Friday and I got done at school at like noon on that Thursday. So I got to go in early and see it and really, really enjoyed it. Um, the theater, I only go to one in all of Orlando that I like. It's the Regal Cinemas, but it's like their biggest theater in Orlando. Um, and it's huge. And so what I like about it is every single theater is pick your seat. Mm-hmm. Does that, you know what I mean? So like any any show you want to go to, it's always pick your seat. Mm-hmm. So every single room, because they have the sweet seats like kind of recline and you have your cup holders. Mm-hmm. Um and so I get to pick. I like to be in the middle, but in like the very front four rows. Like I like to just kind of lean myself back and have the whole picture in my face. Um, and so I was able to get the the exact seat I wanted. Nobody picked the seat next to me, so I I had like arm length to stretch out. Um, the popcorn and the cup was really really great. I showed it to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just really fun, like going to the theater. I kind of wished I wasn't by myself. Um, I think it would have been a little bit more fun to experience because it was really busy. Like I, I expected it to be busy, but not that busy. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be. It was busier for that than it was for the Harry Potter movie. Mm. The uh, what's that one called? The the Fantastical Beasts Two. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one almost dead. Like almost dead in comparison to how busy it was for Aquaman. Hmm. So. So. It was less busy for that than it was for the Harry Potter movie. That's what we said. No, no, no. Vice versa. Oh, Aquaman vice versa. was okay. way busier than the Harry Potter movie. And that Harry Potter movie had a good chunk of people there. Mm-hmm. But this was like 
double that. It was really, really busy, and I was really shocked that it was so busy for Aquaman. So were there people that are dressed up with, like, Superman shirts on or Aquaman shirts or Batman shirts? Um, I saw a lot of DC stuff. I don't know if I – there was no cosplayers that I saw. So it was just, like, people rocking their DC swag. Mm-hmm. And did you see 2D or 3D? Uh, I've only seen it 2D twice. Okay. So, like you, I went to the IMAX uh, 2D experience. Uh, I went to the 7, or no, it was like 8-something show. Uh, couldn't make the 5 o'clock because I just had gotten out of work and I was meeting my nephew there. So, met met my, my nephew there. We went and saw it. Um, it wasn't a packed theater, but, I mean, it was, you know, three-fourths full, I would say, um, which is, you know, pretty cool to see that for for an Aquaman movie because you think about Aquaman, right? He's not a marquee superhero. Uh, he's not like your Batmans or your Supermans or even your Wonder Womans um, on the DC side. So uh, it was cool to see that people showed up. I was kind of jazzed for the movie going in. Like I didn't know a ton about it. Uh, I just, I, I saw one trailer um, and I knew, you know, Jason Momoa obviously was the, uh, the Aquaman and I was just ready to go in and watch it. I didn't know much about Aquaman at all. The comic, um, his character, his backstory. The only thing I knew beforehand was I watched an animated movie uh, called The Throne of Atlantis uh, a while ago. A DC animated movie it was pretty good, uh, and that's the only backstory I've had for for him. And I thought that this did a pretty good job, kind of telling uh, most of that story as well as you know some other stuff they added in there too. Um, but as far as the theater itself goes, I mean we had a good experience. The the music was. Uh, great as far as the audio being turned up good enough. Sometimes you go to these movies and they just they don't have the audio turned up loud enough for you. Uh, but it was good times. I uh, I enjoyed the presentation. Um, they also gave us a a free shirt and a uh, a poster as well. So when you're walking in, they ask if you wanted a poster and a shirt. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, so it was kind of cool. But uh, let's continue on a little bit. So. The, the story itself um, of Aquaman, what do you know of the character? So all I know about Aquaman is some – I've seen a couple like comic screenshots. But then for the character of Jason Momoa's Aquaman, I only know what we saw in uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's all I really had you know info on. Um, and so I didn't know a lot about him except for the fact that like he was kind of a bro. Mm-hmm. And I had no problem with that. I it, I had no problem with a bro superhero. So I was like, you know what? It's about time we have like this dude who you can kind of chum around with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to say before we get too deep into this topic, it it's actually kind of what I'm liking about DC because did you see the Shaz- uh, Shazam preview? Mm-hmm. I have never wanted to see a DC movie more in my life than I want to see Shazam. Mm-hmm. They they took Chuck and let him just be Chuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh heck yes! <laughs> this is my kind of dude. Like, this is one that I can go laugh at. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was really all I knew from the Justice League. So, getting into it, I didn't have a lot of backstory about how Aquaman became Aquaman. I didn't know if it was just you know some mutant thing or if he like got bit by a radioactive fish. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, I had no idea how he actually became that character. When you say radioactive fish, my mind automatically goes to the Simpsons and goes to Blinky. <laughs> Uh, but so with this movie going into it with not knowing much, uh, of the backstory or anything, um, 
in the first few minutes, it kind of tells us that little bit of a, you know, when he's a kid, that kind of backstory. Did that tell you enough to to get you to rock it and roll into this character? Um, yeah, I actually thought they set up the love story for the mom and dad better than I've seen somebody do in a long time. Um, I felt like there was, you know, a real connection there. I would have liked a little bit more on the development of how long it took them to get to that point. But my wife pointed out, like, you see the seasons change. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been like a springtime storm, and it's like almost snowing out when they have their first kiss. Um, and so, you know, they would have spent a lot of time together. She was like, there's probably some really good meat in that section of time that they were together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Um, and so she was the one that kind of picked up that seasonal change. I didn't even notice it. Um, and so I, I really loved that. I think I would have liked a better reason for her fleeing and getting remarried. You know what I mean? Like the, they're always going to find me thing. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, do you have like a trekker thing on you? Like I didn't get that concept. Um, but again, sometimes you just have to move the plot along. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was something you just kind of had to deal with. But like for me in my head, I'm like, when you were challenged, you fought. Why did you fight and then go, oh, yeah, it's probably best that I go. Right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think it's it's part of that. She wants to protect him, both, you know, her son and uh, whatever her the guy's name was that she met. I, I keep wanting to say Django Fett <laughs> because it was the guy who played Django. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, kind of just thinking about that, she just wanted to protect them. Obviously, you saw that the house got wrecked when they did come for her. But that scene, by the way, the way that they shot that scene with her fighting, I was loved, really good. I loved it. Yeah. Like I just, the, the way they tracked around her and, um, it's just, it's so good. I, I, I want to watch it again just for that scene. Um, but so kind of moving on a little bit, we have, uh, uh, the Jason Momoa's character, Aquaman kind of growing up a little bit on a field trip. Uh, he starts to kind of talk to fish a little bit. Uh, what did you think about uh, his little, you know, as a kid, as an adolescent, before we actually get to the Jason Momoa age? I thought they sprinkled that in, like, throughout the movie really, really well. So they gave us that that first scene where he's, you know, first grade, second grade, whatever it was, like, super young. I'm not quite sure how young. Um but he's a little guy, and he's getting bullied by some bigger kids. And then the fishing happens, and you're like, "Oh man, like that's that is that is intense." Mm-hmm. Um, and the, when they kind of branch him up as he gets older, as he's being trained, like you kind of go, "I really like this." The only scene I had an issue with was the oldest child version they showed. I felt like the actor did a really good job of trying to convey how serious and emotional it was. But it didn't play along to the way the character had been up to that point. You know what I mean? Like, at no point in time during that other stage when he's having the issues do you see that that lack of confidence in himself. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it just kind of pops up out of nowhere. I would have liked there to have been kind of a changing of the guard for him to be feeling that. Um, but, again, it's one of those things where you, you, can, you can throw it up 25 times and catch it 24 and it just might miss once. And so I think it was one of those. It just kind of, it maybe felt right in the time, but it didn't portray right on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too, because 
like the the adolescent uh, kind of like teenage one. He's just kind of you, you you can probably read into it that there was some uh, assumptions there because he started getting trained by Willem Dafoe's character at that point too, uh, and maybe he got some details about that. And obviously, his mom has been away for a while at that point, so maybe that takes some emotional toll on him too. So um, it, that's a good point you bring up there. What about the casting of of this movie as a whole? Uh, so, like, we have, you know, Nicole Kidman uh, as his mom, obviously Jason Momoa, uh, Tim Morrison as his father. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the casting choices that they made throughout this movie? So, every time a new person popped up, I was like, oh, my goodness, they got this person in the actual theater. Um, I remember when Nicole Kidman popped up, I actually, you know, the second time, I was like, yeah, when I saw this the first time, I had no idea it was her. Like, I literally could not remember her name the first maybe 15 minutes. Like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I should know who she is. And so my wife and I were talking about how I forgot who Nicole Kidman was. And she was like, she's one of you, she does your favorite scene in a movie of all time. Like, you're right, she does, but I forgot. Um, and so, like, she didn't look like Nicole Kidman. I don't know if it was maybe they did some of that CGI face stuff, but it didn't, like, I, when I first saw her come out of the water, and being laying there on the shore, I did not think that was Nicole Kidman. Um, I didn't follow the movie enough to know Nicole Kidman was in it. William Defoe caught me off guard 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what? Boondock Saints, man. Let's go. <laughs> I got I got all hyped up. I was ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the when you know you saw Dolph in there, um, I thought that was a great casting job because he, he did a really good job bringing this powerful presence body-wise to – a movie where you have Jason Momoa, who's a monster of a human being. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really important. Like they made some of those Atlanteans really imposing. And I thought that was good because when I think of Aquaman the, from the comics, I think of a stick figure guy, like not a lot of muscle. He's small because you compare him to, you know, Superman or the bat. But now you have this Jason Momoa Aquaman who's a monster. Like that dude just yoked. And now you put in these other big guys to kind of balance that out. And I thought that was really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I saw Willem Dafoe in there, too, I, I enjoyed his character. And I enjoyed him as an actor in, in the film. Uh, obviously, he he just kind of brings a, a gravitas, you know, to, to the role, too. And with Nicole Kidman, I, I do think they did something to kind of make her look younger. Her and uh, Tim Morrison. Uh, because I, I feel like. They just kind of had a way to make them a little bit younger than they uh, were supposed to. Be. In fact, I think the younger Tim Morrison character was a different actor altogether. That couldn't have been the same same person. Um, but I do think that it was really cool, really well done as far as uh, the casting goes. I the casting for Black Manta uh, and his father, I think, were a, a couple other good pieces of casting too. But I do have some problems with. Uh, Black Manta's acting. There were a couple times where I feel like he was a little he was a little too serious for the scene. Uh, you know what I mean? Did Did you get that vibe at all from Black Manta? So when he got handed the knife, I was like, "Oh my goodness! I actually know who Black Manta is." Like that was a DC villain I knew, and I I, I think I might he's in uh in Injustice, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's how I knew who it was. I was like, "Oh my goodness! I have fought as you like a bunch of times," and so. I was like, this this is sweet. Let's go. But I feel like it, the whole first section, I was fine, right? I was really good. The gold part, I didn't get. 
Um, you know, when he's like, no, keep your gold. I just want Aquaman. And I'm like, uh, like, sure, the revenge thing, but you got your butt kicked. Like, do you really want to go die again? Like, I felt like he was a smarter character than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it again, it proves my, my point. When you get to when they give him the tech, he's deconstructing and building and tinkering and moving things around, and you sh- it shows the intelligence. So why was he so, I don't know, not as reflective in that middle scene? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you get to, you know, the end of the movie when he starts late. He's almost joking. It's like, you need to tell me who that is and throws the knife. And you're like, um, but you just were joking about the, the ray gun. Like, I it, I feel like he was hit or miss. Like, there was some really good stuff. And there was some, maybe this doesn't fit with the character you're, you're portraying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as a whole, I think Black Manta, the character worked out really well. Um, I mean, obviously, you you can see his motivations for for hating Aquaman because uh, his father dies not directly at his hand, but kind of one of those "you guys got yourselves into this mess, I'm not going to save you" type scenarios. Um, so I, I I don't know. You can kind of buy the the whole vengeance type plot, but uh, at the same time, he was just kind of like that B character, the B villain, whereas Orem, the king in Atlantis. Uh, was the the main villain of the film, uh, and one thing I noticed, especially with him, is the the effect for the water, having people look like they're underwater, uh, and like the wavy thing with him. Something with his hair always stood out to me as being like, "There's something not quite right there with this with the CG going on." Did you catch any of that? Uh, no, but I don't think I was looking closely enough at that. Like that for me. Most of the scenes he was in, I was trying to figure out how everybody hadn't caught on. Mm-hmm. Like, like the whole uh, the sub thing. I was like, really? Does this toothpick really look like he's studly enough to take on this sub that just rocketed and killed a bunch of you guys? Like, anybody else think that's a little precarious? Like, well, I don't know. And then when he uh, baits uh, Aquaman into a fight, again, I'm like, Anybody else think this kid's a punk? Like, I just, I don't get it. So a lot of times I was sitting there, like, silently hating the character. I was like, mm-hmm. I just, it, you're not swaggy enough to be a good bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, every, I, I just, I didn't understand it. So. Yeah. There was one scene between him and Jason where Momoa was saying, like, you know, I always wanted a younger brother. Uh, now that I got one, you're a prick type thing. But uh, when he was actually talking about, like, the he always wanted one, seeing what was going on, uh, that was kind of a, a cool scene, you know, from Jason's side. Because it was typically, it was all one-sided. But the reaction shots that you saw from from uh, Orm's character, I liked that. I thought that was actually pretty cool as far as, like, the half-brother story goes. Um, but let's talk about uh, Mira for a moment. So we saw Mira along with Aquaman in Justice League. Uh, he goes and he talks to her uh, under the water because uh, he's looking for some some stuff to go fight Steppenwolf, right? So we've seen her before. She was the only one aside from Aquaman that we've seen. Uh, any any thoughts on her character in this movie? I just did. They have to make her so much like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Like I probably <laughs> spent a good fifteen minutes going, "Why is Ariel in this movie? Like, did did Disney and and DC are they trying to work something on the side? Are we gonna have a?" 
a sweet Pocahontas sighting in the next Batman. That'd be dope. I'd, I'd be all for it because she's an awesome character. But at the same time, like, why? Why do we give her the green tracksuit? Again, why can't her breast be covered also? I'd, I'd really, really love to know that. But why <laughs> give her the green tracksuit and super red hair? I'm sorry. You go to anybody and say green body, red hair. Most people are saying Ariel. Like, I just I didn't get that. Like, we could have really worked on that costume better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved some of the directionality they took with her, like how she was like, no, I'm very big in tradition and people, but we also don't want this war to happen. And you watched her literally go through that, you know, inner struggle of I can either save lives or do what I'm supposed to do in our culture. And she chose save lives. And I love that. Like, I love the morality, but the, the parts where she lost some credibility are some of the quick turns that she would have. Like, she'd be like, no, you know, I'm really sad because of this and this. And then we're goofing off and laughing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, your mom just came here. But you need to go get this this thing. Let's not spend five minutes really talking out our feelings. Let's, let's next step, please. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, you have to go get the bad guy. But let's take 30 seconds to have a slow kiss that's in 360. <laughs> you know, and then, there's just a lot of things in that where I'm like, you're saying one thing, but then doing the the other. That that doesn't make sense. Like, so we've really got to figure this stuff out, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was a good cast. I thought she did a great job acting the part. She had some of the dopest action scenes um, where she's running and jumping from building to building. I thought that was just a phenomenally well done. Um, and I think the showing how she was as a fighter was really important. But again, the the hot and coldness of her really, really threw me off. Cause I was like, okay, we, we need to go stop this person, but we're going to stop for a kiss break. Like, come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> be you, please be, be you. Yeah. You be you. Uh, I did like in that, that one scene too, where she's jumping off the roofs and stuff at the end of that chase sequence, you know, she gets in that room with the wine, uh, and kind of does the little thing with the, the, she turns the wine into like little, uh, spears almost and t- throws with the guys but then she goes outside that place and there's like a fountain out there she's like you could have just used that water <laughs> like you had plenty of options there was a toilet in the back room like there was water around mm-hmm. uh, but obviously it was kind of cool to see that that happen but now the main cast of Jason Momoa so obviously he was Aquaman in in Justice League we already knew he was coming there we saw him a little bit in in Justice League um they obviously made a little bit of a of a change to his character, you know, a little bit uh, to Aquaman too to kind of make him more. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say palatable, but I, I think he's a little more likable in Aquaman than he was in Justice League. Uh, did you notice any differences between those two portrayals? Um, I think in Justice League, the reason he wasn't as likable was because of the fact that he again he's he's a bro who just wants to go through and do his thing, like he wants to be with his people, he wants to protect his community, like he's not trying to go out and be in the big city, which I love about him. Like again, like you don't ever see him in New York, you see him where where he wants to be. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. He's by the water, he's in the outskirts in these small town communities, like that's where he's at his happiest. Um, and so, like, I understood some of the aggravation in the earlier movie, but in this one, I loved the broness. Again, like, I thought that was what made Jason Momoa such an interesting pick, is because you have the where you think it's going to be a fight in the bar. Like, him and his dad, they're having a beer. 
his his dad, you know, out drinking him and like, oh, you need a sippy cup. And, you know, Aquaman just laughing. He's like, ha, ha, ha. And then these five biker dudes just walk up to him, kind of pat him on the back a little hard. And <laughs> like, you that fish boy? Fish man. Yeah, what is it? And he's like, oh, can we get a picture with you? You're kind of local celebrity, really love you. And so at the first picture, he's like, uh, scowling, second picture he's scowling, but then it's like he spends more time with them. He's laughing, taking weird selfies, you know, they're drinking, having a good time, and he's goofing off. And I think that that shows who the Aquaman is, like who his character is. Mm-hmm. He comes off really, really hard until he lets you in, and then when he lets you in, he's all smiles and goofs and laughs. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought they did a really good job in that one scene spelling out who he is as a person. Yeah, like that that one scene, like you said. I, I thought it was really great, too, because it starts out, these guys are going to try to pick a fight with him or something, what happens, but now they're just a, a group of guys that want pictures. It was it turned out to be pretty funny, like you said. Uh, and then also when he's with Mira later on, and she has to pull some, some water out of him, and he's like, oh, I could have just peed on that, <laughs> you know? Yep. yep. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the story. So the plot of this movie, uh, Orem obviously wants to unite the seas. He wants to be the ocean master. Uh, from the comics, I've, I've ascertained that he is the ocean master in the comics. Uh, so to do that, he's trying to unite all these people. Uh, he stages this uh, uh, submarine attack on, on this, this meeting uh, that tries to bolster them to attack the, the people on the surface. Um, and basically, he, that's all he wants in this movie, is to be the guy that leads everybody and attack the surface. That's his goal. Um, Black Manta, we talked about, you know, he gets, he meets Aquaman early on in the submarine. Uh, then he becomes obsessed with wanting to get revenge, and that's it. Uh, Aquaman just pulled into the story because, you know, he's the only person that could possibly unite the two because he's half, half born, uh, half human, half uh, Atlantean. And, you know, he has to go through his hero's journey. Uh, to actually, you know, take the um, the trident of Atlan, Atlan trident, whatever it was called, uh, to mm-hmm. to be, you know, the Aquaman as we know him. So, from the story and a plot uh, kind of perspective, what do you think of this this movie? How they progressed it, pacing wise, uh, just some thoughts along those lines. What do you think? I think about seventy five percent of the movie really helped DC write their first great DC movie. I thought it had action when it was supposed to. It had great characters, had a wonderful story. I loved everything about the story for about about three-fourths of it. But there's one huge glaring miss that hurt the movie and made it really hard for me as somebody to stay involved. Um, and so the first one was the the when – what's his name? Orem? Mm-hmm. When Orem attacks the boats and throws the trash up and has the tidal waves, there should have been a Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman sighting. There should have been 30 seconds with one of them. And the reason why is if we're going to be in the DC universe and something huge happens, all three of those people can traverse the earth very quickly. Superman in, in less than a second. Wonder Woman, I'm, at, I'm assuming very quickly. Batman, we're at least within the hour, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, nothing from any one of them. Radio silence. That, that was a huge glaring plot hole for me. 
the under the water stuff, I understand why bat soups and Wonder Woman aren't there. I get that. But that right there, that was an awesome opportunity to tie your worlds with, just like we did in Spider-Man Homecoming. When something really big went down, who was there? Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, that made sense. It ties the world together. So that hurt. The next time it happens when they're in Sicily and all that's going down, um, again, Superman could have been there. And, oh, this is really bad. Let me come in and save the day for a second. Oh, Aquaman, I see it's you. What is going on? Really? You take care of it on your end. I will make sure to help out with this, this, and this. Awesome. Took, took, I just wrote it in 30 seconds, guys. <laughs> and it would it would have added to the, the universe, right? It would have fixed a problem in this universe. This is why the MCU is kicking DC in the face, right? Because you have these characters, but you keep trying to go, no, no, this is their story. They're lone, lone wolf. No, no, no. This is a team effort. Like, we need these guys together. Oh, and we're also forgetting the Flash could probably have been to any one of those places fairly quickly, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. That hurt the overall for me. Like, really, really bad. Was the story good? Yeah, I really liked the story. I loved a lot of parts of it. But those holes, I had an issue with. The the other one is, we should have really focused in on how he's the only Atlantean right now who can talk to the fish. Like, that should have been a bigger plot point. Mm-hmm. Like, when she sees or when, when he's talking to whoever, I don't know if it was a shark or something in front of her, and she's like, wait, wait, you can talk to da-da-da? And he goes, yeah. Uh, they can talk to me, and she, and she if she would have spent 15 seconds saying how rare that is, how only certain kings have ever had that gift, we would it would have made that moment in the cave where he's getting the trident more powerful. Because I loved that moment. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like it would have had more weight to it had they explained how rare of a gift it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So to that point. The only time that we kind of got a glimpse of how rare it was was, like you said, when she says, well, that's rare. But also when he's talking to that that beast at the end and she's like, the last person that ever talked to me was the king, you know, you know, however long ago that was. And so that's kind of that's the only thing that conveys to you the sense of rarity of of what it is. Um, but to your point about, you know, Superman or the Flash could have been there. Uh, I like to think that Bruce was watching a satellite feed of what was going on. He's like, oh, he can handle it. <laughs> Again, that works, but even that would have been better, right? <laughs> like, let us know they're there, because mm-hmm. that was that was a big drawback for me. Was this could have been, and again, those are the two scenes where it would have made the most sense. The rest of it, yeah, I get why they're not there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that Superman's not there for every tidal wave, but when all of the coasts, when a bunch of people are dying, when ships are destroyed, when all the trash is thrown on shore. We should have had another superhero be like, hey, uh, AM, Aquaman, uh, Big Daddy, uh, the fish are acting up. What do we need to do? There, there should have been something. Mm-hmm. They, Wonder Woman in the last movie literally set up as our leader. She, I feel like we really discredited her as a leader because nobody said nothing. You know what I mean? That shows a lack of organization in my, in my book. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it would have been kind of cool to see like the Flash or something running along one of the skyboard or the seaboards or, or something like that. But yeah, some some recognition because you know there was just nothing as far as that world building of the DC EU goes, um, which would have been kind of nice. I agree. Um, so 
talking a little more about how the story progresses, obviously he gets to the point where he fights his brother. There's this kind of cool gladiatorial bite. Uh, this story, this this movie is long. <laughs> uh, it was like two and a half hours or, or so as far as our runtime goes. Longer than I expected it to be. Uh, but it, they pack in a ton into this movie. And, you know, they have a lot of story to tell, a lot of things to do, and they take their time. It doesn't feel like they really rush on anything that they decided to, to talk about. So, you know, they want to talk about, you know, this this battle between the two brothers. They want to talk about uh, this this old king. They want to talk about, um, you know, what happened to his mother and these other things and these, these seven kingdoms that are out there. They want to take you to each of those kingdoms. They had a lot of stuff in this movie. Um, but to me, it never really felt slow. The pacing felt pretty good. Um, and it had, you know, good little bits of comedy throughout and kind of interstitched between, you know, what Orm was doing, what Manta was doing, what Aquaman was doing. Uh, so it kind of drove that plot forward the entire time. I do uh, love the end where we get to that big battle. I mean, there's, I, I did not ex- expect a big battle sequence like that to take place, you know, how epic it was. Uh, so you have, you know, all these, these opposing sides kind of going at each other. Um, then you have Aquaman that just comes out of nowhere with you know the the full powers of the king, and you have the the big beast that he's riding and just kind of commanding. But that was a fantastic scene; I loved it. Um, but before that, as far as like the visually stunning type stuff, you know, seeing this in IMAX, we can see. I wish I would have saw this particular scene in 3D. Was when they're going to the. I forget what race they were called, but it was the ones that were basically like monsters. Um, I can't remember the name of them, but when they go to that that scene, they're attacking the ship, and then they jump off, and you see like the lightning and everything, and just illuminating the. That was just so like visually amazing. That that whole sequence, that scene, I loved it. Was there anything that jumped out to you uh, that's like a standout moment like that? So that was one of my favorite moments, but uh, I want to get back into the final fight. Um, the final fight started with me being super upset. And the reason was the coolest grouping of Atlanteans or, or uh, underwater, the kingdoms were those crab dudes. And we didn't get, we got to hear from them for like 15 seconds. I was like, why didn't we spend more time with these guys? These guys are dope. Like I actually prefer them over the Atlanteans and the, whatever the main guys tribe was called. Like they were all right. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't like the the. I felt like the, when they were calling that one group the fishermen or fishmen, mm-hmm. like it seemed a little racist. You know, <laughs> kind of seemed a little like, you know, we're naming you after how you look, and that mm-hmm. felt a little awkward to me. But like the crab guys were um, awesome. Like I was really, I was about more of that. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was like a group that I would like. I want to hear what you're going through. Like, let's spend some time together because they were ready to throw blows. They're like, we're not following you, man. Mm-hmm. We're not calling you Ocean Master. We're going to call you Scrub because we're mm-hmm. going to wipe the floor with you and we're going to go down with a fight. And I I loved that part. And then as it built into the fight and they were helping, and then when he, you know, I'm going to call that big monster in the Kraken. You know, he's has the Kraken out there whooping up ships, and then he turns the sharks and their own people on him. I didn't understand why the seahorses didn't turn and attack as well. The seahorses seemed to be unaffected by his call, which, again, might have just been the way it was shot. But the whole fight was really good. Um the best scene in it, though, was that kiss. 
I'm sorry, like, you have all these fights and explosions and things happening in the background, and you got this kiss where they, it looks like they're underwater and the hair's twirling, and her leg even gets up in there. She was like, ooh, baby, that was a, that was, that was a smoking kiss. Even my wife, like, turned to me and was like, all right, that was, pre- that was pretty nice. Like, right? And that was a hot kiss. That's probably be our best superhero kiss yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing was that thing was bonkers, um, but at the same time, like I would have loved more time with the crab people, and I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get more time with them. I kind of wish those were the people we had to go hang out with to solve the the scroll thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why do we need the Sahara? Like, well, let's not do that. Let's go see them. They had lava. They could have been the ones forged and stuff, but that was kind of a little a little mini gripe. Mini gripe. Mini gripe. <laughs> So uh, those uh, the Sahara people, obviously they they had long died off because the ocean had receded, uh, and they didn't, um, you know, there weren't any people there. But they were the people that that cast that trident that he has to go get. Uh, and his mother, you know, he we find out that she didn't die; uh, she was sacrificed to to the that monster race of people. Uh, but she survived just like you know Aquaman did, and she was just kind of stuck on that island for we're, we're assuming like twenty years at this point, maybe thirty. Um, chilling with the dinosaurs, <laughs> yeah, chilling with the dinosaurs. Um, when when he goes and finds that uh, that trident, um, I thought it was obviously you know that he's going to get the trident and stuff, but I did like that whole you know why are you here. You know, I, I'm here because I have to be. I'm here because I want to save people. I'm. I don't want to do this. This isn't what I want to do, but I have to. Um, his his motivation, his reasoning for for getting to that point. I love that. You know, because because a lot of times, especially if you're looking at like the villain roles, villains want the power. Heroes seldom do. Uh, heroes really just you know there's a need. And they have to figure out a way to do something. Sometimes they that means, you know, taking on a mantle that they don't necessarily want, but, you know, they need to. Uh, and that was perfectly uh, illustrated here in, in the way Aquaman kind of took that mantle, took that role, uh, and what he would go do going forward. So that whole scene, you know, with him talking to that the Kraken creature, whatever it was called, and then uh, going to and picking up the... Uh, uh, the trident and then getting the you know the full-on aquaman garb on uh i love that it's just it, it worked for me no i'm with you on that one again um i thought the 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 aquaman outfit they did it was a little cheesy having him come out of the waterfall and pose um i was like <laughs> really guys like Again, his mom's been gone his whole life. You don't think he wants to like rush out there, get a, get another mom hug, talk about some stuff. No, no, no. we're gonna have him walk slowly through a waterfall pose. Come on, let let's be human beings. Mm-hmm. So, but otherwise, yeah, no, it was a great great moment um, up until that part. Yeah. Um. So, end of the movie. We, we get to the point where there's this big battle going on. Obviously, Aquaman comes through. Uh, he's stopping the people from killing each other. The people are realizing that he's commanding the fish. And so they say he commands the sea. Uh, everybody comes up. There's the battle between the two brothers. And uh, Aquaman whoops up on his baby baby brother, right? So uh, when you when you look at the way that was kind of resolved that at that fight up at the top of the 
we'll call it the, the sea ship, spaceship, whatever it was called. Uh, did were you satisfied with the with the conclusion there that you got? Um, I was okay with it, except there were like a couple little mini holes that I kind of was like poking in it on the second watch. Um, again, we don't know where that ship platform came from. Like the, all the other ones we saw rise, we didn't see that one rise. So it wasn't like he pushed it up there. It was like, it was already there. Um, and so seeing the actual fight was really great. Like I loved the fight scene. I loved how dominant he was because he wasn't in the water. Like he was out of the water, which um, I thought was really powerful. Like I thought you would have seen um, Arm try to get him into the water more. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, no, no, let's take this back where I'm comfortable. But for some reason, he didn't. I thought the mom scene would have been better. You know what I mean? Like they would have conveyed more emotion. Like I would have loved if he would have broken down and cried. Like like we're talking like ugly cried because the person he thought was dead came back. He more did a oh mom, you're back. You're mm-hmm. not dead. You know what I mean? Like, I would have liked something more there. Mm-hmm. I like how they sent him off when he was like, hey, when you're ready to talk, you know, let me know. Uh, we can bro it up, get it fixed. Um, I thought, like, that was better. But I just, again, there are, like, those one or two scenes where things were missed. So. Yeah. Um, what about at the, not the tail end of the movie, but uh, before the credits start, mom and dad reunite. This is why I said in the beginning of when we first started talking, best love story in in a movie I've seen in a long time, because he's walking out there like he has every day for 20 plus years at sunrise looking for, you know, even though he's been told she's dead, he's still doing it. That is that is a love unlike many, my friend. And he comes down and she's there and they run and they kiss and hug. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I am about it. Congratulations. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's one of those scenes where it's just you get a good sense of fulfillment there. Just the reaction on on Morrison and Kidman's faces when they see each other. I they did a good job selling that that whole story between those two to me. Um, thought they did a really good job. Uh, at the end, was this mid or post credit? I think it was mid credits. There was nothing after the credits. So mid credit scene, we get uh, Black Manta. Uh, he is being tinker or no the uh the conspiracy theorist guy is tinkering with his black manta gear um and black manta wakes up he wants to know who the the aquaman is uh and go from there what do you think we see next from black manta um again i think black manta's already gotten whooped with the gear um so what i'm thinking is it really turns into if they can turn that scientist into a DC villain, you know what I mean? Now you've got your, what, what's their group called? The league of doom, legion of doom, legion of doom. Now you've got two charter members. You know what I mean? Because you can't have a joker. It's I, I refuse to ever see uh Leto Leno Leto. What's his name? Jared Leto. Yeah. He, he's not, he's not going to be joker. In this, or I'm gonna be real, real upset. Um, there, there cannot be a Joker after Heath. It's, it's over. It's finished. Move on. But I think those two. Now you have uh, what? Maybe he can turn into the Riddler. Have they had a Riddler appearance yet? Uh, not in the DCEU, but I think that that character probably actually is somebody in Aquaman lore because they kind of used him before. 
mm-hmm. in some of those videos. So he's okay. probably already somebody. I just don't know it. Okay. But I thought, you know, now we have a tag team and you can, uh, again, you get more villains involved. It can only be a good thing when you're, when you're making the next movie. Mm-hmm. So. And with Black Manta too. So at the end of Justice League, they had that little scene with uh, um, Deathstroke and Lex Luthor uh, on the boat talking about making a league of their own. Uh, so I think that they could kind of, uh, pull in Black Manta as you know, just a person, as a foil, as a as a main villain. Like we could probably see Cheetor or Cheetah, whatever her name is, um, from Wonder Woman come in there too. And one of these days, we get that Legion of Doom versus Justice League type scenario movie. I think that would be really cool. Uh, and Black Manta obviously would probably be that character for Aquaman lore because he kind of travels between worlds, right? He can go underneath the water with the suit, but he can also uh, be on land because he's a human. Uh, so that'd be kind of cool to see that play out if it ever does. So as we kind of wind down our Aquaman discussion here, what uh, overall uh, are your thoughts on the movie? Last last comments? Anything uh, particular as far as the like the score? Anything like that goes? Uh, musically, I thought they did a good job. They mixed in um, some really good orchestra stuff, but for the most part, they actually used a lot of really good songs. Um, I actually, I don't normally buy a lot of music. I thought about buying that soundtrack. Um, I thought it was really fun. Like there were songs in there I I wouldn't mind listening to when I'm driving to work. Um, Art-wise, really beautiful. Cinematography-wise, they did a great job shooting the film. Um, but we didn't talk about the best moment in the film yet, and it actually ties into how I would rate the movie. I would give this movie an 8 out of 10. And the reason I would give it an 8 out of 10 is because we had an octopus pal playing the drums. That's eight limbs, my friends, and he was awesome. <laughs> I know some people had an issue with it, but I thought that was hilarious. If they're using them as vehicles, they're using them as travel, they're using them to, to do jobs for them. Why couldn't they play the drums? Okay, I have two hands, and I play the drums decently because I use one of my feet and I use one of my other feet. That's four limbs. So that means he's two times the drummer I am because all hands. But but I'm I'm all about it. And I remember seeing something after I saw the movie uh, that said that that character is actually someone from Aquaman lore as well. Yes. Uh, so there there's probably a comic out there that you can watch and see him do some drumming or something. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but for me, final thoughts on, on Aquaman. I, I think, like you said, like the, the music was really good. I did buy the score. Um, and so, obviously, we have some music on, on this podcast from the, the score as well. But I, I was really enjoyed, uh, you know, my time in the theater. It didn't feel like it was two and a half hours when you were in there. It, it moved along at a good pace. I enjoyed my time. Uh, I really thought that James Wan brought a particular... Um, skill set to the director chair that we haven't seen yet in a DC movie. Because, uh, you know, he's he's more of like the, the later fa- uh, Fast and Furious movies. That's his uh, kind of claim to fame so far. But I feel like it's one of those things where you, you bring in a new director, they bring in a new vision, uh, and you can definitely see how he has now left his, his mark on the DCEU. And I'd like to see what more he can bring to the table too because, you know, Snyder was still an executive producer in this movie, and this is still part of the quote-unquote Snyderverse. Um, but I thought that they did a really good job with making this underwater area just believable, understandable, um, make you relate to these characters, 
and also just make it an enjoyable ride uh, to get a good origin story for, for this character. And uh, I thought they did a, a pretty good job. So for me, you know, if I was to give it an out of 10 rating, I think I'm right there with you, about an 8 out of 10. Um, the only things that they could have maybe improved on are a little bit more of those plot holes, kind of closing some of those down a little bit more and uh, getting a little bit more emotion uh, out of you as a, as a viewer. But overall, really, really good, really enjoyable, and I, I recommend it as a, as a movie. Uh, there's a lot of movies in the theaters right now to see, obviously, but uh, if you can get a chance to go see Aquaman, I, I definitely think it's worth the watch. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to say anything. You can say if you want. No, no worries. Yeah, no. Again, I yeah, I I follow that hardcore. I think that it's it's definitely worth seeing. Um, I've already seen it twice, and I I over the next two weeks while I'm off, I'll probably see the third time. Yeah. Like this. Cool. All right, sir. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Where can the good folks find you? Um, well, I'm going to put out the one that we really need to focus in on. Uh, you can find me at PSVGOT. Uh, this is the PSVGOT podcast that me and my boy Dev do. Um, we're looking to try to get you know our follower numbers up. Uh, you can also run our own podcast feed finally over at the same thing, PSVGOT, and you can find that on iTunes and all the places that we have the podcast. Um, we just tell stories, we goof off, and uh, we love you know on our on our fans and uh, yeah. So follow us and also PSVG Patreon thing that we do that's also important i'm i'm supposed to be putting stuff up on that this week so good luck with that <laughs> are you telling yourself good luck <laughs> i am because I, I have a feeling that i'm gonna be one of those people that boss man don's gonna be like mahoney you haven't turned your stuff in yet i'm like you're right i haven't <laughs> yes nice <laughs> um you can find me on twitter i am at voiced by nathan or you can find the show at entertaining pod uh, and as Mo mentioned with the PSVG, you can find out a lot of our stuff over there as far as the video game side of the house. Uh, I do the Xbox Empire podcast over there, so uh, if you have any any desire to, to learn or listen about Xbox, come find us over there too. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll pretty much do it for this month. And obviously we've, we've had a little bit of a hiatus here, but I'd like to kind of, you know, as we get to the new year now, kind of try to get our monthly schedule back up may not be a new release every month but just something that would be interesting to talk about topical as well um so dear listener thank you for again downloading the show listening to it uh let us know what your thoughts were on aquaman uh over on twitter you can hit us up there like we said uh we'd love to hear what you thought so again ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening and we hope that you have been entertained.